Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season two of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath Sunday, December 26th, the year of our Lord, 2021. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the Word of God. Ladies, do you sometimes feel like you are under constant attack by your enemies? Do these attacks have you waffling between fear and faith? Many Christians believe that fear and faith cannot exist together and will quote Hebrews 11 verse 1 to define faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is true that God is constantly working behind the scenes in every area of the believer's life, even when there is no tangible evidence to support this fact. But fear quite simply is unbelief. And unbelief gains the upper hand in our thoughts. Fear takes hold of our emotions, but our deliverance from fear is based on our faith. And faith is not something we can produce in and of ourselves, but rather it is a gift. And faithfulness is described as a fruit or a characteristic that is produced in our lives by the Holy Spirit. The Christian faith is a confident assurance in God who loves us, who knows our thoughts, and who cares about our deepest needs. When we come back, we are going to talk about fear and faith in response to constant dangers. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Today, we are talking about fear and faith in response to constant dangers. Our scripture reading is taken from Psalm 56, verses 1 through 13. And I will be reading from the King James Version of the Bible if you want to follow along with the scripture reading. Now, reading from the book of Psalms, chapter 56, beginning at verse 1, the psalmist writes, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me. O thou most high, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And God, I will praise his word. And God, I have put my trust I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In thy anger cast down the people, O God. Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? 
When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. And God will I praise his word, and the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praise unto thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of his word. Amen. Ladies, I want to point out that the chorus, which says, in God, I will praise his word and God, I have put my trust, is repeated in this psalm three times. You will see it in verses 4, 10, and 11. And I will want to pay close attention to this. When I outlined Psalms 56 for our study today, I discovered that in verses 1 and 2, David described the trouble that he found himself in. In verses 3 and 4, he makes a strong statement of faith. In verses 5 through 9, David elaborates on his problem. And finally, in verses 12 and 13, he promises to present a thanksgiving offering to God after God has delivered him. So let's unpack Psalms 56. David is believed to have written this psalm after his time in and the gathering of his soldiers in Gath. David is alone and his life is in constant danger. King Saul and the Philistines still sought to kill David and David is on the run. He fled King Saul without any soldiers and without food or weapons. And he begins this psalm in fear and in faith and he looks to God for mercy. He prays, be merciful unto me, O God. For man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. David is desperate. Gath was the home of Goliath, a Philistine hero who David had killed just a few years earlier. So why was David walking alone in Gath? the hometown of the hero he had killed. Not to mention the fact that when David was at Nob just a few days earlier, he asked Ahimelech if he had any weapons. And Ahimelech gave David the only weapon he had, which was the sword of Goliath. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, Goliath is described as being over nine feet tall and that his body armor and bronze javelin were unusually large and heavy. His sword must have been too. So if David is walking around Gath wearing the sword of the Philistine dead hero Goliath, this must have antagonized the people of Gath against him. I would imagine that there are only two ways in which David could have walked into Gath wearing Goliath's sword, either full of arrogance or in desperation. 
My guess is that with King Saul and his army chasing him, David must have been in great despair. In 1 Samuel, we are told that when David arrived at Gath, his presence was reported to the king saying, isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? So in Gath, David had no one to defend him. And this brings us to the central verses of Psalm 54 found in verses three and four, which says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And God, I will praise his word. And God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. In other words, when I am afraid, I will trust God. In God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? David was outnumbered in terms of those who sought to kill him and that on his own, he could not win. He knew this, but that God could rescue him from any and all manly threats. So he appealed to God for mercy. Notice I said mercy, which means David did not rely on what he may or may not deserve but rather he asked God for mercy. David, you remember, was a strategic warrior and had won many battles. So it makes sense that he understood the value of the high ground and battle and that he looked up to God, the most high for help. Ladies, do you ever feel afraid, desperate, alone? If you do, this psalm will be a source of great encouragement for you because it is not just about loneliness and fear, but rather about faith and victory, not the struggle, but the victory of faith over very real and terrible emotions. This does not mean that fear is missing from the text or that when we are faced with life-threatening situations, we will not feel fear. No, of course not. The fear of the dangers David faced and that we read about in 1 Samuel are very evident in the opening two verses of this psalm and further elaborated in verses 5 through 9 with two emphases. The first emphasis is the fury of the attack. In verses 1 and 2, David uses language to convey his feelings about the relentless attacks of his enemies, pursuit with word repetitions. He uses the words pursue daily. His enemies attacked on him are relentless, and he uses the phrase swallow me up, meaning they attack him. Earlier, I said we should pay close attention to the repeated chorus of the psalm found in verses 4, 10, and 11, which says, In God I will praise his word, and God I have put my trust. First, David described the trouble he was in, verses 1 and 2. Then he made a strong statement of faith, which included the words of the chorus found in verses 3 
and 4. Now, in verses 5 through 9, he elaborates on his troubles. And here is also where we find the second emphasis David placed on the attacks against him. The second emphasis is in the nature of the attack. Verses 5 through 9 says, Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In thy anger, cast down the people, O God. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know for God is with me. David is markedly calmer in these verses. In verse two, David spoke of military attacks against him and slanderous attacks against him. Now he explains that it is the slander that troubles him more than the military dangers. Yes, his enemies still want to kill him, but to justify their doing it, or perhaps to win allies on their side and increase their numbers against him, David's enemies slander him to make it seem as if he is speaking against King Saul. In verses 5 and 6, David says, Every day they rest or twist my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. David's enemies were all preoccupied with him and obviously had way too much time on their hands because he says, all their thoughts are against me for evil. Then he says, they gather themselves together, meaning they congregate to conspire against him. He says, they hide themselves and they mark my steps, which means they are watching him. And he says, when they wait for my soul, which means they are eager to take his life. This is the nature of the enemy's attack on David, on you, and on me. Think about your enemy's constant assaults or attacks against you and their relentless pursuit of you. How they slander you and assassinate your character. Lay in wait for an opportunity to cause you bodily harm. You can stay away from them and avoid them like the plague, but they are so preoccupied with you, they can do nothing but relentlessly pursue you intent on harming or even killing you. This is the danger and the threat that David faced daily and for years. This section ends David's prayer with a prayer for God to judge his enemies in verse 7, and a request for God to remember his sorrows and his hurts in a list compiled in verse 8. Verses 7 and 8 says, "They Shall they escape by iniquity in thine anger? Cast down the people, O God. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears in thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? This man is hurting. 
but he knows that God knows what he is going through and that God will remember it because in verse eight, he says, put thou my tears into thy bottle. As David presents his concerns to God, he is in tears, weeping. Has your enemy pursued you with such vengeance that it brought you to tears? David asked, are they not in thy book? Yes, they are. All of the tender concern that God has for David and his people are presented here in the way that is of immense comfort for him and for generations of hurting believers yet to come. I like the New International Version of this verse, which says, List my tears on your scroll. This means that God will never forget nor be indifferent to the cares of any one of his much beloved people. I pointed out earlier that the chorus in verses in verse four is repeated in verses 10 and 11. David says, in God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Up until now, we have had a window into David's fears, but now we hear in his voice, his faith. Verses 10 through 11 are expanded. Here David says, in God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. David is exhibiting confidence in God. First, that he trusts God or Elohim, who he calls on two times in verse four and once in verse 10 and 11 each. His trust is in God, not man or his circumstance or his own skills, regardless of how useful they may have been in prior battles. No, he says, in God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. This reminds me of Romans 8 verse 31, which says, if God be for us, who can be against us? And it brings me to a question that I want to ask you. Do you trust God? As a believer, you must trust him with your salvation. You believe he has saved you from all sin, hell, and the devil, which is a great thing. So if you trust him with this, can't you trust him with the lesser things in life like loneliness or even sometimes dangerous situations that cause fear and desperation like David felt? The Bible teaches us that God cares for you if you belong to him and are following Jesus Christ. In Psalms 37, verse 25, David wrote, I have been young and now am I old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. In Psalm 55, 22, the word of God says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. And the apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter four, verse 19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
In addition to David's confidence in God, verses 10 and 11 expresses David's confidence in the word of God. And this repeated chorus, the phrase, I praise his word, occurs two times. This is very important because apart from the word of God, we do not know what God is like. We do not know what he has promised to do for us. The word of God to which David refers is the entire self-revelation of God in scripture given up to that time. The Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible and perhaps Joshua and Judges. These books represent only a small portion of our Bible today. But then it was enough to make God's character known to David enough to make God's desire for his people known. This is why David praises God for his word, because it was enough. It was the greatest of all of God's gifts to men and to women. Now, it is possible that David was thinking about his time with the prophet Samuel, who brought the words of God to him and assured him that he would be king of Israel back in 1 Samuel chapter 16. The fulfillment of this promise must have seemed a long way off when David was running and hiding in caves trying to escape his enemies. However, what is important to remember is that although the word of God might be long delayed, his word is absolutely certain. This is why it is not just in God that David placed his trust, but also in the word of God. Ladies, you and I not only have individualized revelation from God delivered to us by God's prophets, but we have the Bible, which is much more expansive than David's was. Our Bible contains everything we need to know about spiritual things. More importantly, we have the Holy Spirit to give us understanding of that which has been written and the ability to apply it to specific situations and or circumstance in our life. Finally, verses 12 and 13 of our texts are similar to the ending of Psalm 54, where David promises to present a thanksgiving offering to God when God delivers him from his enemies. It reads, Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Now, just as I said last week when we studied Psalm 54, please do not misunderstand. David is not offering God a bribe. This is an offering of thanksgiving promised to God by David in advance of his deliverance on the grounds of David's confidence that God is able and will deliver him. David got his confidence in God by praying to God, and so can we. Confidence in God is built through prayer and trust in God. And John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. 
He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Verse 13 of our text makes me think of it in terms of the deliverance that Jesus brings to those who trust in him and the life as his gift of salvation by the Holy Spirit. This is the ultimate fulfillment of Psalm 56. So ladies, when you are under constant, relentless attack by your enemies, move out of fear, despair, and loneliness and bask in the glorious light of God. Always look upwards from whence cometh your help into the face of Jesus Christ and say firmly, in God I trust, I will not fear, because after all, you are a child of God. So what can any man or any woman really do to you? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that. First, via the Tidely app at Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Second, at Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y dot com. You may donate to Broken Vessels hyphen Mended and Whole via PayPal at brokenvesselsmendedandwhole at gmail.com or you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels Mended and Whole. We are a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization located at P.O. Box 34637, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. And don't forget to check in with me on Facebook Live at Evangelist Janice, that's J-A-N-I-S, Nelson, today at 12 noon Pacific Daylight Time. In the meantime, Happy New Year. Be kind, show love, take care, and may God continue to bless you. Amen.